back to the Seriously Don't Do That podcast. So tonight I'm featuring a mug, hopefully all of you can see this, that uh, those of you that live in South Carolina should be familiar with. This is from the University of South Carolina. It says I'm a South Carolina dad. I do have one of my children that is attending the University of South Carolina in the Honors College. His name's Ben, so we're giving a shout out to him. We'll put his LinkedIn profile in the notes. And uh, if you interact with my business, you've probably talked with Ben. He does help me help me with my business. Well, tonight's DDT is don't overcomplicate your sales process. David, I, I did not say good evening to you. So good evening, David. Good evening. So I guess this week's DDT assumes that you don't that you do have a sales process, but what if you don't? Well, if you don't, you should, um, even if you haven't sold any product yet, because you want to have something that is scalable and that is repeatable and that produces consistent revenue. And you need a really a way to track and measure your success. I always tell people, you you. Your buyers have a journey. And when I was selling directly, I spent a lot of time making sure that my customers bought from me, that I didn't sell to them. It's a big difference. Think about it. Think about the experiences that you have. Probably the most pleasant buyer experience you have is when you really felt like you bought something and you weren't sold it. So we want to make sure that we're bringing our prospects in, we're educating them, and I always say we need to lock the front door and leave the back door open, which means we only want to let somebody into our sales process if they're actually a buyer and that they have the money to do that, they have a real need, and then they actually have a time period in which they need to do that. And then certainly we want to leave the back door open. We want to let them leave at any time so that we're spending our time on qualified prospects. So even more basic why should I have a sales process? Well, it gives you a common language across your organization. If you're a tech startup, chances are that you didn't hire sales talent or marketing or or any of that initially. You have great developers. You have really smart product people. You have a CEO that's a visionary. And you may have some funding sources in a venture capital or private equity firm. But by having a sales process, it gives you a very common language that you can use not only in talking across your organization, but with your customers and with those that invest in your business. Because the goal is you want to have a path to very consistent, predictable revenue. So now that you have a sales process, how do you avoid overcomplicating it? Well, it's it's difficult because the tendency sometimes is, especially with technical founders, is to make it a very technical process. I've worked with a couple of businesses where uh, the KISS principle, keep it simple, stupid, um, was very foreign to them. They took the sales process and architected it like they would architect software or technology or even some type of a biomedical device. And that, that really hurts. A recent company that I worked with had uh, eight steps in their process. But under those steps, there was about 16 different sub-items. I jokingly said that even when I was at IBM, it was not that difficult. So 
you really want to start by thinking about the journey that your buyer makes. You know, there's going to be an initial interaction. They're going to make an expression of interest. You're going to engage with them. And then they're going to go through a, a process that, that, that they have. Here's an example that you can use. This is probably better for software and technical businesses, but it could be used in others. So again, you have an expression of interest, meaning somebody expresses interest. They come to their website, they fill out a form, you run into them at an event back when we had events. Um, you know, they enter a drawing. Um, and then at some point, there's a number of expressions of interest, and we would call that a lead, meaning that we now know that they're interested and we're going to engage in conversation or we're engaged in active conversation with them. At some point, though, we, we determine, okay, this person has money. They can make a decision. They do have a defined need and they have a time in which they can, can make that decision. And then you would proceed to a step in the software business, primarily a, a demo, where you're going to show them the software and show them how it meets their need. And then typically... Again, in the software business, there's some type of a technical discussion. And then at that point, I'd like to say they're sold, but they're not closed. So they intellectually say, yes, this is something I need. I've got the budget. But then there's a whole nother process that gets them to closed, which is running through procurement. And whether the organization is small or large, there's legal documents that need to be filled out. There's typically security uh, documents that need to be filled out. And then eventually they get to the point where purchase order is issued and you invoice them. And at that point, it's closed. Well, David, I feel like I've done a lot of talking about sales process tonight, but I also feel like we probably have about five other podcasts we could do on this, but I'm not going to try to cover that tonight. So I will thank you all for coming and joining us on the Seriously Don't Do That podcast. And I'll end up with Be Well and Grow. Next week, we're going to talk about something that most salespeople would disagree with me on. We're going to tell you don't hide your price and how to get that price out early as a way to determine your best customer. <laughs>